Do y'all remember when the Saints won the Super Bowl? I was really excited when the Saints won the Super Bowl. There was a lot of joy in Louisiana when the Saints won the Super Bowl. I think that the lesson of the New Orleans Saints who were so bad for so long and who won the Super Bowl can teach us something about the kind of joy that the church is inviting us into today. The first words of the Mass are the first words of the entrance antiphon. When the choir begins singing, the Mass begins as we begin the entrance procession. And the first word of the entrance antiphon, the first word of the Mass today, as we have just passed the halfway point of Lent, is rejoice. We change colors today. We go from violet to rose. Or pink, if you got to call it that. Because we rejoice. We're not at Easter yet. We didn't change into gold and into white. But today, we can take a deep breath, refocus on Lent, and rejoice that Easter is near. I'm going to get back to the saints in a second. I think there's something that our contemporary American culture misses about joy and misses about rejoicing. Because at least in this life, here as we live after the fall, after the fall of Adam and Eve, it's real hard to know deep joy without first knowing deep sorrow. But here in contemporary America, and I mean this is part of fallen human nature, we don't like to feel pain. We don't like to feel sorrow. In fact, we would rather stay on the surface level of distraction and have some kind of superficial happiness that kind of goes up and down and up and down instead of true joy. We would rather stay on the surface level of distraction than pay the price of true joy, which is the price of experiencing sorrow. Sorrow for our sins in repentance. Training of our souls in prayer, in fasting, and in giving to the poor. Contemporary American society says that it's Easter already. It hurts my heart when I'm driving around and I see signs that say Happy Easter in the middle of Lent. It's like we tried to skip the next few weeks. It's like we tried to skip over Good Friday, to skip over the cross just to go to the resurrection. But the resurrection doesn't make sense without the cross. We don't see the love that God has for us sacrificing Himself. 
And so, contemporary American society says, well, all right, we had Lent for, you know, three days, and now it's Easter already, and then after Easter, it's going to be summer, and then after summer, we're going to get all excited about, some of us, going back to school, and about football season, and then after, well, actually in September, we start Halloween, and in October, we start Thanksgiving, and in November, we start Christmas, and then after Christmas, we have Mardi Gras, and then after Mardi Gras, we have a couple weeks of Lent, and then all of a sudden, we're back at Easter, and we've never taken a real time First of all, just to take a deep breath and to let it be ordinary. We don't take the time to take a deep breath and to rest and to grow in the ordinary. And if we're not willing to take a deep breath and to rest and to grow in in the ordinary, we are certainly not willing to hit pause for a second. To feel the sorrow of our sins and to turn back to the Lord. My example about the saints, the New Orleans saints, is a superficial one. But I think it makes a point. I was excited when the Saints won the Super Bowl. And I think most of us were. That was a very good thing. And I hope we do it again soon. But I wonder what it felt like to be one of those people who, in the mid-90s, maybe the late 80s, who went to the Superdome and watched the Saints play football with those bags on their heads. Those people who had been season ticket holders for the New Orleans Saints since 1970, or whenever the team was founded, and who over and over and over again went to the Dome, watched the games, watched watched us lose, and finally, after all these years, we made it. I bet that those people were way more excited than me about the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Because they had experienced the trials and the struggles and it stuck with it. If that's the case for a game, a really fun game, good game to watch, something that builds lots of community, but a game, how much more if we can be faithful to feeling the sorrow of the most important things. How much more will we rejoice at Easter? Specifically, how much deeper and how much long-lasting, how longer-lasting will our joy be if we really enter in to the meaning of Lent? Today we heard from the mouth of Jesus, perhaps the most famous Bible verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that all who believe in Him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Why Why is that verse so important? 
Why did that guy choose to start writing it on signs and bring it to football games and everywhere else? God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that those who believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. Contemporary America says, what do you mean perish? Perish means die. What do you mean die? What do you mean I'm going to die? I'm not going to die. I mean, I might die, but if I'm a vaguely good person, like if I hadn't murdered anybody, I'm going to go to heaven. What would it perish? What do you mean? If I just get a lot of money, and if I'm like, you know, famous like Tom Cruise or Kim Kardashian, I'll just kind of go out and do whatever I want and eat some nice food and have a comfortable life and I'll be happy. What do you mean? Perish. I can just go out and do whatever I want, live however I want, not feel any internal turmoil or, mi or misery, and then when I die, because I didn't kill anybody, I'm going to go to heaven. If we don't realize that, that, that there's actually a real place called hell that we can actually choose to go to. Oh, and by the way, if we begin choosing hell in this life, we're just going to end up like not fulfilled and, and miserable and uh, medicating ourselves with food or drink or sex or drugs or stuff or something. So I believe there's an actual hell that I can actually choose to go to. Then John 3.16 is robbed of its meaning. Because then Jesus died for nothing. Because then, there's nothing for me to be saved from. And if there's nothing for me to be saved from, then I don't need a Savior. And if I don't need a Savior, then I don't need Jesus. And if I don't need Jesus, then Good Friday doesn't mean anything. And I can say Happy Easter in the middle of Lent. And I can have my crawfish ball on Good Friday and have a party while the while the God of the universe is bleeding and dying for me. Or, or we can realize that we need to save. John 3.16 makes a whole lot more sense when it's read after John 3, 14 and 15. For just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that those who believe in Him might be saved. What did Moses do in the desert? What, what, what is this serpent? See, what happened was God had freed His people from slavery. They were over here in Egypt and God took them, ten plagues, all this stuff, brought them through the Red Sea, defeated Pharaoh and his armies, 
and was leading them to the promised land. He freed them from slavery and from misery and from the dominion of Pharaoh, who is a symbol of the devil. And slavery, like, like, like the slavery to our sins that we can live now and be with forever in hell. He took them out of all that. And he was bringing them to the promised land, which is a symbol of heaven. But over and over and over again, God's holy people, they, the sons of Israel, the Israelites, they said, we want to go back over here. Because living, going towards the promised land is hard. And we want to go back over here where we can be fat and comfortable and miserable slaves. So, there was a plague, I guess you call it a plague, of fiery serpents, which came and bit them, and they died. Not all of them, but some of them. They're called fiery serpents, not because they were on fire, but because when they would bite, the poison would seep into the person, it would burn. So they prayed to God. And they said, Lord, save us. They knew that they needed salvation at that point. They didn't realize it before, but they knew it now. And sometimes that's why God allows trials and tribulations to come in our life. So that we might know, so that we might remember that we need a Savior. So they did. The Israelites, they remembered that they needed a Savior. They cried out to the Lord for help. And Moses, he went before the Lord, and God said, Moses, here's what you're going to do. Make a snake, like a, the image of a snake out of bronze. And put that bronze snake statue on a pole and lift it up high. And all those who look on the bronze snake, the bronze serpent, will be healed. They will find salvation from this death that is coming to them. And they were. They were saved. They were in mortal peril. But by gazing upon the image of that which led them to death, they were able to find life. So on Good Friday, 2,000 years ago, God, our Lord Jesus Christ, with our human flesh, was raised up on the wood of the cross. And John tells us later in his Gospel, in chapter 19, that that was to fulfill the Scripture, that they might gaze on Him whom they have pierced. And if we keep reading in that Scripture quote from Zechariah, which St. John quotes in the Gospel according to John, we hear that they, they might mourn as one mourns an only son. The serpent was the image of the thing by which they died. The sacred humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ is the same humanity that we inherited from Adam and Eve. The humanity which is subject to death 
which comes with original sin and wherein we die. So if we gaze on the one whom we have pierced, because it was our sins that he bore, our suffering that he endured, we can be saved. If we gaze on him and if we mourn for our sins that put him on the cross, if we repent of our sins, if we grab hold of the exercises of prayer and of fasting and of giving to the poor, if we realize that we too could perish and that without Jesus we die forever, that's what hell is. Eternal death. Then we wouldn't even think of going to a party on Good Friday. We wouldn't even think of celebrating the resurrection before we remember the cross. Nothing would stop us from saying thank you to Him. Today, the church says, rejoice. Easter is almost here. The resurrection is near at hand. Take a deep breath. Relax today. Then refocus and recommit. Because we got a few weeks left in Lent. And I don't know what the Lord has done in your life so far. I don't know how your Lenten penances are going or what they are. But I know that the Lord can work miracles in our souls in the weeks that we have left. I know that God desires that all of us be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth and that our Lord Jesus Christ was raised up on that cross so that we might not perish and we might rejoice with Him. Let's take a deep breath today. Rejoice, refocus, and recommit.